0: The Alpha Sessions with
1: Alan Joyce. So this is The Alpha Sessions and with me now I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by Alex from Alex in the Wonderland. Welcome along. Hi Alan, thanks for having me. Lovely to have you in the studio. I know you spoke to Emma a couple of years ago online back uh, during the pandemic and we finally made it happen that you got down in the studio. Long journey across London for you but I appreciate you coming all this way. Um and it's actually in the middle, as we're recording this, in the middle of a really exciting time for you in terms of a new release because you're, you're sort of midway through releasing your new single in four consecutive weeks, which is a really interesting way of doing it. It's not something I've come across before, but tell us a little bit about then the new single.
0: Yeah, it's the first time, actually, I've attempted to kind of stretch out a release over a whole month um, and the song has four different versions of it. So London City, Don't Want to Dance... Is the track and the first release on the 24th of March was the current um, sound of my acts um, of, of Alex and the Wonderland right now with Jeannie and Johnny, um, hi guys if you're watching, <laughs> um, in, involved in the production with it and it's uh, guitar-y but it's it's kind of yeah Indie-tronica is the the vibe of it really and um, so we've got like a, a skipping trance beat which kind of continues all the way through. Um, but I've teamed up with other people too so subsequently uh, every Friday we're releasing a new version of the same song. So the week after that was um, the Whirling Merlins dub version. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of, um, he's put a whole other spin on that I could never have imagined. Um, and then uh, the week after that is the, the blues version with the full band drums and we've got a... Essence Sheena from Alabama Three singing backup vocals. There we've got a violinist, uh, Maria. So um, that's uh, another take, and, and that was actually more along the lines of how the song originated in terms, of like the uh, the first version of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the final um, release is as uh, a, a commercial hard house version by a South African duo called um, Obitone. Um, sort of uh, yeah a production duo who are just killing it over there at the moment and um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the sound and vibe that they've they've created there that's really getting dance floors lit all over the place so yeah uh,
1: yeah as I say it's a it's a brilliant idea and it's not one I've heard before but um I know lots of people do different versions of their song but to release it over four consecutive weeks and by the way we've got version 5 coming up exclusively at the end of this program well, so, and yeah. um, <laughs> which is a stripped back acoustic version but more on that later. Um so I mean you first actually released this track a couple of years ago didn't you what what made you want to revisit the track?
0: Um so yeah the the blues rock version of it was how my band sounded at the time uh, we had more, more organic uh, instruments, if you like. And um, I don't know, I suppose I didn't... It, it, coming out of the pandemic, I think there was a lot of obstacles there with, with us in terms of being able to promote the song and to perform live and do radio things. And it, it seems that be it didn't really uh, exclaim to too much fanfare, really. But uh the song's always been in the back of my mind and my the current act with Johnny and Jeannie, now we decided to revisit it. I said to them like, you know, I've got this track. I think there's a possibility that it could work in a different domain if we can put like a like an electro B underneath it. Um it could just have a different vibe. But I, I just I have belief in this. There's there's definitely a hook there and there's definitely a message that I want to get out across to um London, even if it's like a, a jovial poke at the audiences. Um so so that's why we revisited, we performed it um in, in a number of shows in, in the last few months. Um and yeah, and I decided just to 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 re reevaluate it and get all these remixes done as well
1: and do you have a favourite version of the four that you're releasing
0: no I like I like, I like you can't, you can't I, like, the I yeah. like them equally I like them equally it just it depends what moods you're in and I think it also it encapsulates me it personifies me because anyone that knows me personally will know that I'm a huge fan of all genres of music. Like I've I've worked for classical record companies before. I make hip hop beats for rappers. I've I do folky stuff and acoustic, as you've seen with the session today with you, and um, so I think uh, it's just an, another instrumental way of showing what Alex Wonder is all about, really, because. Um, every genre of music is available there depending on your mood and what emotion you're feeling at that current point of time so I'm just hoping we can encapsulate four
1: different zones there I mean it'd be interesting to see wouldn't it because if like for instance the dubstep one or you know the week two one becomes like by far the biggest version of them will you maybe think oh maybe I should go more in that direction or or are you just willing to try all genres anyway <laughs> yeah
0: it wouldn't surprise me if like one of the other versions that I'm that I haven't been um, so involved with in, in the production um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they had um, a, a bigger a larger notoriety or something like that yeah. we'll see but um, at the moment it's just I'm uh, just trying something different really rather than just the one song one week. Um, seeing what goes and it, as I say like we were chatting earlier it's the it's a larger window for, for publicity and PR as well yeah. um, to be able to to get more interesting chats like
1: today with you yeah no it's brilliant <laughs> well we love it and thank you for coming down in the middle of all this uh, promotional work that's Fashion. going on um, so talk to us a little bit about I mean you've you've said that you'll like a lot of different styles of music what sort of music did you grow up listening to did you always like lots of different genres um,
0: I think, I suppose in the early days, it was kind of pop and rock. And, and the first recordings that I had um, were of, of Squeeze and the Beatles. Yeah. I was listening to those. So I, I had a, a, a great masterclass in songwriting from an early age just by having my headphones on and listening to all these wonderful structures and melodies and, and lyrical um, subjects that the, those guys in particular were looking at um and then yeah as you grow you 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 meet people especially living in london i think there's such a wide cultural cosmopolitan vast abyss of of an ocean rather of like music there that it's 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 not difficult at all to to fall into these you know you you, you'll get invites to an underground rave with side trance and then someone will say do you want to come and see this reggae uh, MC who's performing next door, something like that. And so there's always these invitations to to really taste all the wonderful, colourful music that um, exists out there through living in the city. And that was not quite um, the the window, the opportunity of that wasn't quite as wide where I was growing up in Kent, for example. Mm. So um,
1: i must admit listening to your sound now because you you describe your sound as indie don't you and it reminded me very much of the sort of the 90s um explosion of artists like jesus jones and the soup Dragons and stuff did you love listening to that at the time Is that an influence on your sound?
2: no
0: I really. <laughs> <laughs> no, not particularly, yeah. and um, uh, there's, uh, everything from my past has seeped in at some point. Yeah. Uh, influential, even music that I don't like uh, necessarily would still have influenced me. And I, I you remember and absorb it as a songwriter. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the the thing, it's. I feel like it's just really kind of created its itself that opening. It wasn't like a preconceived pre conceited idea. Um after I got together with Johnny Hayes, the bassist, mm. this time last year. Um I had a, a few songs spattered about, about a few ideas. Um, but it was just him and me and I said, Well by the way, I don't I don't have the band that I used to have anymore the the drums and the violin. Everyone's moved on or moved out of London and um I said But we can try like with this drum machine, let's see what can happen of this. And we had like one rehearsal jam and we got a few nice ideas and suddenly there was an invitation um, a couple of days later to appear on a TV show, as a pilot for a TV show, which was going to um, require us to write a song and perform it using like AI lyrics um so we would do all of the music and production but they would provide the lyrics that was generated from a computer wow okay um so i said to johnny that like, i know we've only had one rehearsal we've done no gigs together but do you fancy going to a multi-million pound tv studio with like a, a crew of 30 people and <laughs> filming this thing with me it's like yeah okay i think you let out a big sort of scooby-doo gulp <laughs> <laughs> first yeah. like yeah um and then we took it on and um and then that was the birth really of the Indotronica vibe because let's say we had um it's a it's a Korg Electribe drum machine which kind of gave us the the impetus of the rhythm and the beat mm. we slept on the guitar riff over it and uh, the melody usually comes quite quickly to me with the lyrics that were garnered um as part of the competition of the TV show mm. and um yeah, and so it was, it was born there, really, sort of March last year. And since then, we've done, we've created other songs that
1: are have a similar esque vibe, maybe. Hmm. So there's a lot of really interesting content going through your um socials, and we'll talk about some of it um in in the next few moments. But one of the interesting things I I saw that you do is that you build your own guitars. In fact, you um you is this going to become a business? I saw that you've done a a new yellow electric guitar that you've done recently. Talk to us yeah. a bit about that.
0: Well done, that's good, hear <laughs> well investigated. Yeah, that was a project, a little pet project from, I think it was November, um, a few months ago, because I had bought an old guitar, it was a copy of a Fender Telecaster, um, and I just saw it in in a, a pawn shop for like £40. Um Sometimes, if I'm you know in a charity shop or something like that, I might pick it up and then it's like, Oh no, this doesn't play well. What am I doing? I'm hmm. you know, a, the little kid inside of me still gets excited when I see an unloved instrument, and uh, just there's, there's nothing wrong with giving it a stroke and a little strum and making you know, I'm sure guitars don't want to feel lonely either. So, but I picked this up not expecting much, and I thought, Actually, you know what? The intonation is good, it's actually holding its tune in for that. Amount. I could just change the pickups in it and put better quality sounding ones in it. So I bought it and I bought it home and um, plugged it in to, to amp and sure enough, it didn't sound that great. So I thought, okay, I'm going to buy some Fender uh, USA um, pickups and install that myself. I've, I've done a similar bit of wiring before, so no problem with that. And I looked at the rest of the guitar and I thought, it kind of looks a little Bit bland's. <laughs> it needs yeah. like a real like makeover. That if I'm going to, because I, I used to have a yellow, a real fender Telecaster like ten, fifteen years ago, and um, and I I was a session guitarist for a while and done little tours and stuff. But I ended up selling the guitar for whatever reason, and I slightly regretted it. Like, I think every guitarist has that as a story where they like they sold a guitar oh. and then a year later they missed it desperately um so that was uh, an attempt i suppose for me to rekindle my love with the fender telecaster style guitar and um yeah i distressed the hell out of it we finished it painted it the fretboards well put some gold glimmer glitter thing on this and uh, put a flower oh, stapled the the flower, flower to yeah, it yeah, yeah the decal at the top of the headstock which says wonderland because obviously i sanded down the previous make of it which said shine or something like yeah. that Sanded down it. and my niece erin she actually's got a small company called peel and sticks and they do decals and stickers and arts and crafty sort of things and i said look can you make a holographic wonderland decal that i can put on the headstock to imprint the fact that this is my own kind of homemade yeah. DIY guitar and that, so she'd done that and stuck it on, and uh, I'm happy with the results. We've, I've gigged with it a few times, so um, yeah, it's nice to have a I suppose a guitar which has a story behind it and yeah. a character, and that I've practically you know with my own my own hands built it and then play it and then maybe. Destroy it on stage, who knows? <laughs> Burn it as well, <laughs> we we'll see. Truly
1: unique, isn't it? Well, I think it's yeah. brilliant. And um, and yeah, is this going to become a thing now? Do you think you, you might be tempted to go in and do some more of that?
0: Um, yeah, Funny enough, uh, Johnny from the band, he found in a skip this other electric guitar. Yeah. He gave it to me um, about two months ago, and I've been been playing I've strummed it a few times but it's it needs work too in terms of the sounds and the playability um but it's got a cool tremolo arm on it it's one of those sort of like 80s rock sort of Van Halen shredder guitars yeah. um so it kind of looks really like sick actually but um yeah it needs some time some TLC on it um, so there could be another one in in prep, but I don't think I'll be making it a habit because I'm I'm still I'm really slow. Yeah, my carpentry and electrical skills and
1: soldering skills <laughs> are, like leave a lot to be desired. So yeah. it's more just for love. So let's talk about some of the tracks you've uh, performed today, and we'll start off with the track called Spectrum of Light, uh, which you performed for us first. So tell us a bit about that tune.
0: Um, so that song is. Uh, one that we are performing at the moment, I think it's actually genie's favorite song that we performly we have um, that perform at the moment and um yeah it's it's quite a lively kind of floor stomping track that i hope it's probably the most pop commercial song i've ever written, i think <laughs> um but it's, we kind of are going a bit more in that direction now anyway. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. What else do you want to know? Like who Who is it written about? Yeah, which tell, individual us, tell us a bit about the track. Yeah, you cool. don't want to know. Yeah, I really can't. She, she won't want that made public, I'm sure. Um, but is someone actually turned me on to with um, Alpha Sessions. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah, interesting. Oh, it's that's even more intriguing. Dun, 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 you don't expect dun. me to stop it there now. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. But um, but yeah, it's, um, it's just... Uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say about it, really. <laughs> but it's it, that acoustic version, again, like London City, I've never really performed that just on my own on acoustic guitar before. Um, so I'm not quite sure what prompted it, maybe what I just said before. But um, yeah, when if anyone comes to see the bands perform live... Um, they'll they'll probably enjoy a, a much better version of it like it's just a vibrant uplifting and I think people can resonate with it we
2: don't run like we're used to we don't talk but we should do we keep blaming the digits of time I won't forget unless you do we don't Like we used to have, we had you cater the sins of mine. You told me so, don't open bottle memories that you've forgotten it's heating up now someone's leaking temptation climbs from floor to ceiling we don't run like we used to we don't talk but we should do we keep blaming the digits of time I won't forget unless you do, we don't fuck like we used to, have we had you to the same of them. back for more. Push launch button, took me by surprise. Why get we stuck in? It's mutual. Now someone's leaking. Temptation climbs from floor to ceiling. We don't run like we used to. We don't talk, but we should do. We keep digits of time I won't forget unless you do we don't walk like we used to have we had you care to the sins of the Sexy and free, just like, just like... some of
1: the
0: the Alpha Sessions with Alan Joyce.
1: Just the one version of this one so far, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, uh, opening up the airways. If there's any um, yeah. jungle
0: de- producers at home that want to like send in their requests for the stems,
1: can, like, reggae and all sorts. By the yeah, yeah. yeah. Who knows? Who knows <laughs> love right? it, love it. <laughs> um, so, talk us through your um, your songwriting process. I mean, you, you've touched on it a little bit, but um, like, normally, would you start with a lyric or would you start with a melody? How does How does it work for you normally?
0: Uh, it can differ, but I suppose as a little bit more of a conformed way that I would perhaps work was it would be the, the the chords on on guitar or piano first, mm-hmm. um, and then if I'm having a good day, very quickly, hopefully the melody will come out of my mouth, and I just put la da 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 Um whilst i'm racking my brains oh god what do i want to talk about that i haven't already said in this month um so it would likely be in that form first you know
1: mm-hmm. and have you collaborated a lot in your writing or do you do most of it completely on your own
0: um most of it is tends to be on my own like i've started to write with with the group with Jeannie and Johnny, Mm. some things like they've really, although the spectrum of light, for example, um, you know, the, the lyrical content and the melody was, was, has been there for like a year or something or more, but, um, they've helped with the the structure of it where we can go, you know, and, and some of the production elements of it, um, but I, I would like to write more with people. Like uh, I've written probably over the years, maybe like I don't know, five hundred or a thousand songs. Wow! Um, and they tend to have been just me in a bedroom, tears in my eyes, <laughs> looking down and just reaching yeah. to my soul. And I find that obviously starts off as a, a kind of therapeutic element first to get things off my chest or off my mind. Um, but uh, I would like to write more with other people. I don't get too many
1: invitations, but as maybe one day. Oh well, maybe this is the invitation. There, there you go. Reach out, yeah. reach out now. Um, do you, Do you find that your band have an influence on your sound? Would you play a track to them and sort of get their reaction to see if it's something that you're going to then ultimately go on and record, or how does it work?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've done that a few times where I've got other demos that I've uh, I've made in my little home studio, and I show it to them and just say, "Hey guys, do you think this one's going to be?" You're going, people are going to feel this if we yeah. go, if we take it to the venues. Um, so I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm open to um, to feedback from, from people, a lot more open than I used to be, I think, yeah. as well. I think it's important to, to get the people's views, isn't it, really?
1: And, and one of the songs I love of yours that you re- released at the end of last year, Electric On The Way, I absolutely love that track. Um, tell us a bit Thank more you. about that tune as well.
0: Thanks. Um, Well, that was the song that I... When I previously mentioned about the AI lyrics for the TV show, that was a song that we we did write for that show. Um, We were given sort of seven days, but it, it really just came out in about an hour or two hours, I think, with everything really of it. And... Yeah, I've had a couple of different people actually in the last month say I can really imagine that track being used on a car commercial, like electric car advert or something like that. Um, anybody listening, please get in touch with my sync agents. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, but we were, I was happy with the the response. Like um, John Kennedy from Radio X um, gave it its premiere airplay on on New Year's Eve and um that's my support for radio stations yeah. and um yeah, it's
1: yeah high praise indeed well i'd say I, th- I think it's a great track so Thank uh, you very much yeah, yeah definitely check that one out on uh, on all good streaming sites when you get the chance uh, you also mentioned that you do some charity work uh, behind the scenes as well as well as your um, sort of music career uh, feeling the noise tell us a bit about your work for that
0: yeah so i'm i'm proud to be Uh, Affiliated with Feeling the Noise, which is a charity that's been set up by blind and visually impaired people for blind, visually impaired people. So that the founder and the CEO, um, the two of them, Pauline and Jonathan, their partners, um, and they um, yeah, both registered blind, but they've set this company up, this charity rather, to give a... A space for people with um, visual impairment to perform music to rehearse and jam meet other like-minded people they have like a, a sort of social gathering for tea and cakes on thursdays uh, this is down in catford south east london but the wednesday uh, morning to afternoon is just purely for the band rehearsals. so we have four hours put away where we can learn new songs um and we do covers of well-known songs as well, but they've got everything set up there—drums, amps, keyboards—and yeah, I, I guess I, I've been drafted in or volunteered myself to kind of bring up the professionalism slightly, you know. Although they've they've been going for years and they've done performances in, you know, um, village fates in the church and stuff like that. Um, I've certainly got some some ambitions and drive to to pursue this with them and um take it to the next level hopefully and yeah we're we're really um we really are on the hunt for more members to join uh if anybody listening or watching um knows anyone that might have struggles with their eyesight but is musically minded or they sing or whatever it might be they want to get involved we'd love to have them there and also to find more volunteers and uh, to assist with accessibility for the individuals and set refreshments and, and pack up with the equipment, things like this, you know, it's uh, the more members that we have that we're able to accommodate for and to give uh, an opportunity for them to express themselves, of course, requires more assistance and, and help from other people because, um, yeah, we're working with vul- vulnerable people. And mm-hmm. so, um it's, it's something that I'm yeah I feel delighted to be the part of and um, I'm looking forward to seeing it grow.
1: Yeah, it's a great cause. Well, we'll definitely um, make sure we put a, a link um, on our website on the YouTube site to make sure. Yeah,
0: feeling dot com is the website. Yeah. Um, I should know thanks. I've actually built the website <laughs> just just yesterday. Um, is uh, I thought it was just going to be purely the music capacity, but then when you're working um, when you know, the director is blind, you yeah. know, they need a lot of assistance and other aspects too. So I've been building a website too for them. And as I say, yeah, we're based in South East London. And um, if there's anyone that would like to be involved or you know
1: someone that would like to be involved, then please get in touch. So let's talk about another song that you perform for us called Hey Soldier. And there's quite a story behind this one, isn't it? Tell us a bit about that song.
0: Um, well, it's, it's an ode to the... The soldiers who are fighting on the front line in Ukraine, um, both sides really, like the, it's not necessarily, I think it's just like an empathetic or sympathetic ear to anyone that's been kind of forced into risking their skin. Um, Especially now, like coming out of a a freezing cold winter as it would be in the Ukraine. I know you can't imagine really the sort of dire... A more dire situation really um being in in the the trenches um so it it's just uh although it's a it's a sad song on one side it's also a quite a hopeful song i think, yeah. and you know I really hope that it will it will date quickly and that world peace will come in in that corner of of europe um it's just something that was on my mind because i've been following the, the war and and the the press coverage of it um really since the, the start and um yeah sometimes you, you can feel a bit helpless because ultimately you want the invasion to finish i know we can sort of pick up the pieces a little bit and donate money and save but um really the the one thing that you, you wish for is that the the bombs will stop to drop
2: Funny how someone from far away Thinks about you and visions of yesterday It seems too late when all decisions have been made Without shame you try to put them aside Your head keeps buoyant through the stormy tides You mean much more to them Than you're prepared to admit to your pride Hey, brave soldier You won't have to suffer much more For that star in the yellow and blue sky You always took the long way home Your comrades attempt to keep you warm Heaven knows it's more than your skin that's torn All hallelujahs will be sung to you Brother and sister, you're more courageous than most (laughs) A little crazy to run down that dead end road You'll be protected now like you protected those Looking for that star in the yellow and blue sky
0: Alpha Sessions with Alan Joyce.
1: Okay, let's talk about your gigs now. You've got a number of shows coming up. Um as we're recording this, you've got one coming up in Clapham later on this week, in fact. But uh, talk to us about what makes a good gig for you? What do you look for in a in a perfect gig?
0: It's a good show. When London City wanna dance. Yeah. <laughs> um um oh, there's so many aspects really, you know, even from 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 the sound, the technical side of things, being able to hear yourself well and and, and when you've enjoyed a good sound check and then you're excited for the performance a few hours later rather than being a bit nervous or intrepid because things went wrong in the sound check or whatever. But yeah, it's, it's just having friendly faces there, preferably on their feet standing, for for me now, like with her group, we've done a few shows recently at uh, nice venues like uh, the Bedford and Ballam, Hootanani as well in Brixton, quite big venues. But the audience were predominantly seated. It was just what was provided by the the book of the promoter. Um but we'd like to return there again and like kick away all the tables and chairs and just go mental, just go crazy and yeah. We can I think we can um assimilate away onto different places whether it's like an underground rave in a in a, in a squat warehouse or maybe in the corner of a hospital yeah <laughs> but, but i think we're quite flexible anyway
1: so you quite like a sort of a pub gig where everyone's sort of up and about dancing away rather than a sort of a sit down everyone sort of listen closely type gig
0: yeah yeah, yeah. and those ones um I mean, so by the end of it, I still can't wheel around the stage anyway. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kangarooing around a lot more than I used to. But, um, yeah, you, you find that the people in the sit-down audience, they are absorbed in a different frequency. Still interested in music, but they may be paying more attention to the lyrical content, uh, for example. Whereas, uh, yeah, if it's a more lively, drunken, jovial pub or rave parties the people i just listen to the beat really the rhythm to to go ham to hmm.
1: it's interesting that you raise about the sound guy uh or the sound person though as well because that is it's something that often gets overlooked when we have these sort of conversations but having a good sound check is massively important isn't it and getting some someone that you trust at the other end of the hall exactly yeah
0: and i should know because i've made my my real primary income for my adult life has been as a sound engineer um, and a music producer too, but um, as a sound engineer, it's a bit of a thankless task in some ways because when the show goes well, all the applause and scream and love and adoration goes for the the bands on the stage and and no one really kind of notices a sound engineer. That's when you know you've done your job right. Mm but as soon as there's a technical issue on stage a bit of feedback or suddenly you can't hear the voice everyone turns around to the sound engineer all with evil eyes yeah. and like oh god you've got the, the pressure on you to like pick up the pieces really quickly um but yeah I've, I've I've been doing it for years I sound engineered um Bastille Florence and the Machine um Carolina Chocolate Drops wow. lots of these global artists and yeah. things really so um I I know now full full well when when the show goes well, and there's been no technical glitches. I always make it a priority to go up to the engineer and just give him a little fist bump and say thanks for your your work and your effort because yeah. they make it. Well, yeah, they make the show as successful as the performers do,
1: and and that's the thing is that a, a venue like the Bedford in Bannam it's one that always gets brought up as having exceptional sound, isn't it? I mean. Um, yeah, it's quite a, a sit-down, sort of everyone stops and listens type gig, but it's worth it when you've got a sound that's as good as it is there.
0: Definitely, yeah. Yeah, Richard's a sound engineer there, and he's um, very, very helpful, hospitable, yeah. Yeah. and um, and a good mixer of the sound. Yeah, it's unusual because you've got, two, you've got the ground floor, and then there's a, a gallery upstairs, a balcony, and so I think it can hold maybe like four or 500 people perhaps at max. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's, it's not it's not easy because you've, the people who are sitting on the bottom would be hearing a different perspective than the people up in the gallery on the top. So uh, yeah, a good mix and engineer
1: will consider all that. So, have you got any venues that you would love to play? Uh, maybe even venues that you've done sound for yourself, but actually not played yourself. Where <laughs> would uh, where would you like to play? That's a
0: good question. Yeah. Um, well. There, as we are a South London band and not far from Brixton and I've seen so many greats and gods there, mm. um, I think Brixton Academy yeah. would be, would have to be the one to aim for really. And, and quite a few of my friends have performed there as well, a few of my peers, so um, fingers crossed one day it something will fall into play place where we get the opportunity to perform yeah. there.
1: And and you say a lot of the gods are played there I mean if you could play with anyone at the Brixton Academy who who would be the ultimate that you would collaborate with live?
0: Um, what, alive or dead? dead yeah. Or alive. yeah, why not, yeah. Um... I'm honestly not that picky. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> if it was like Dame Edna Everidge said, "Would you like to come up on stage at Brixton Academy?" I'm like, "Yes, darling, I'm there." Now that
1: I would love to see. Yeah. So to make up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: anything would go
1: for me. And who are you listening to now? Have you got any sort of artists that you're sort of current artists that you're you're really listening to a lot on your on your playlists at home?
0: Um, any
1: recommendations? Especially new music, why?
0: Because obviously we're all about plugging in. Yeah, I know, and it's it's very easy for for British people. I went to Jamaica once, and some guy I met, he was a little, little, I think, it was Irie, Irie FM. Hmm. He said, "You Brits are all the same, aren't <laughs> you? Always listen to old school music." <laughs> so yeah, like the, I think he was taking a piss at the fact that we still listen to so much stuff in the sixties and seventies, and we don't all. Well,
1: why not? I
0: yeah, know, it's, not it's all still good the stuff. But um, new stuff that's excited me recently. I mean, there's there's lots and lots of things out there. There's um, there's a cool little band called the Molotovs. I've got oh, to give yeah, a name yeah. drop to. Have you heard of them? Seen them, yeah. So, and these guys are like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen years old. And um, brother and sister is your Matt, and um, and then the drummer. Ice. She's like a little. A little Dave Grohl or something yeah. she's a little animal she's yeah. a crazy amazing drummer really really solid um, Yeah, Um together the three of them I think they'll be Hope they'll be the saviour of rock and roll the next generation and you know I've, I'm sure they've got every opportunity of um, reminding youngsters and teenagers out there like the the effects of of a, an exciting punk rock gig, you know, because um, that seems to have faded in the last decade or so. So, I think Britain in particular needs um, sort of uh, a new kind of little rock um, little rock gods to, for others to look up to. Really, so I'm excited to see what the what will come of them in in future years. Yeah.
1: No, you're right. No, I've seen them perform live once and they're definitely ones to watch. So, yeah.
0: Exciting.
1: So how about you for the rest of the year? What, what are your plans now? I mean, obviously, you've got the next four weeks as we're recording this um, in terms of your current release, but anything else planned in the way of other releases this year? So, if
0: yeah, if, if I manage to get out of this London City Don't Want to Dance <laughs> release alive, uh, we've survived this and the next plans will be... To build on, um, you know, more more shows, we, we've got other things. Obviously, we're playing a gig in Hampshire on the 8th of April, it'll be our first time, I think, performing in Hampshire. So, there's a venue that I've booked us to play down there, and uh, yeah, we, we, festivals will be coming through in the summer as well. Um, but you yeah, know, I, I was kind of considering recently I still need to have the meeting with the band but I think with um, Spectrum of Light which you've heard the the acoustic version of here today um, I think that could potentially be the next song we release um, like the Indie Tronica electro vibe version Um, I think it's got good commercial appeal I think lots of radio stations might dig that one I think it could be one to um, invest uh, more money and time uh, into um, yeah, widening the, the appeal, the reach that I can get with Alex and the Wonderland's music. Cool. So um, so I think that could be the one. And also I've got a few ideas for a music video involving tons of um, UV glow paints. <laughs> so um, yeah, ha- have our bathtubs at the ready near the, the film studio <laughs> at
1: the end. <laughs> I look forward to it. All right, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for coming in. For anyone who wants to find out more about what you do, where can they find you on the socials and stuff?
0: Alexandthewonderland.com and Alex from Wonderland is also on Instagram and, and Facebook and TikTok and all those other places too. Um, so, yeah, come follow us there and and say hi anytime. Brilliant.
1: Well, thanks so much for coming down. It's been a pleasure having you down. Finally managed to get you into the studio and hopefully we'll have you back again at some point.
0: Thanks so much, Alan.
2: Sitting, you trips me out. Now, London said, I oh, don't you wanna dance. If you can remember the fields in a worldly kind of way, the big smoke captured you, but you don't have to stay. You trip me out. Now, London said, I oh, don't you wanna dance. Yeah, if you're searching for a higher ground. Can you spare it awake? Just through sound, you trip me out. I said I don't you wanna dance?